I'm ready to never give you up. Ah, hmm. I'm ready to never go- gonna give you up. <laughs> I dare you to find a gayer podcast for Pride Month. It's Think Outside the Box Set, the internet's only outrage machine. And I'm Nathan Hunt, and that's Cameron DeWitt. It's us. It's us. Uh, And we're uh, celebrating Pride Month by uh, the gay, uh, covering gay icon Rick Astley. Yeah. Is he? He's uh, probably not, really, right? (laughs) uh, Not in the text of these songs, if they're to be if they're supposed to be autobiographical (laughs) yeah i think that's right um (laughs) agents you know what agency is important and rick will tell us when and if he's ready right yeah i mean i don't want to assume anything also uh (laughs) sorry for another week delay we were gonna do last week and then things fell through and everything was bad um because i'm three thousand miles away from where i was back then um i'm on a wholly different coast. so far i've come so far um, but in the and, end it doesn't okay. even matter <laughs> well, i was gonna say that now what now what do i have to say <laughs> nothing i just com- uh, uh, just silencing me like that by using up all the jokes in the room um, we're would you say this is our final episode of this season where we uh talk about listener suggestions so that we can throw our listeners a bone and get, uh, <laughs> but but not actually listen to the entire discographies of these artists. I think so. I mean, there there isn't one that's like super standing out to me from the ones we've talked about, uh, because a lot of the ones that do stand out to me, we're talking about just doing a whole season on, like um, the chicks. I think. Um, yeah. Yeah. BTS. So. I really want to do a, a full BTS. Oh yeah. What does BTS stand for? Behind the scenes. Bull the shit. I'm not wrong. Oh, really? Is that really what it's called? Is that what? Well, I mean, BTS does stand for behind the scenes. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. right. I don't think that that's what it means for the K-pop group BTS. Oh, Bangtan Boys. Wait, that's not what. Okay, there you go. Hang on. That doesn't... Bang, that, bang 10 boys okay <laughs> i mean it is pride month if you, you gotta do what you gotta do and you gotta do who you gotta do um yeah, yeah. compulsory uh, gayness oh it's yes. june <laughs> it's illegal to be straight it's june sorry i don't make the rules um okay it it comes from the korean phrase i will not try to pronounce um but in literally means bulletproof boy scouts that's hilarious that is hilarious Um, i love that also a little bit sus uh a little bit homophobic for this pride month (laughs) Uh, according to member j-hope the name signifies the group's desire quote to block out stereotypes criticisms and expectations that aim on adolescents like bullets interesting um that's really interesting Wow. Also, in 2017, they announced that their name would also stand for Beyond the Scene as part of their new brand identity. That's like K- fucking KFC. That's hilarious. <laughs> didn't didn't KFC do that where they're like, well, it also means kitchen fresh chicken. 
I don't know, because at some point they said, now KFC doesn't stand for anything. It's just three of our favorite letters. <laughs> three of our favorite to letters. choose from. <laughs> These ones, for no particular reason. 11 secret letters and numbers. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Illuminati. Yeah. Colonel Sanders. <laughs> Colonel numerology. Sanders numerology. <laughs> <laughs> it's all there. <laughs> Connect the clues. <laughs> Uh, well, today we're, we're talking about Rick Astley. Of course we are. And you can tell by how much we've talked about Rick Astley so far. Yeah. Yeah. And we, of course, wanted to Rickroll y'all uh, and listen to the album that includes the one hit that they are, that made them wondrous, which is yes. Never Gonna Give You Up. And that album is called Whenever You Need Somebody. And Nathan, I gotta say, mm-hmm. I... I pride myself on being like a empathetic person and mm. being like Ooh. gentle and, and being going. nurturing mm-hmm. and forgiving and just, and just like, I don't know. I, I really it, it, trying to eschew a lot of the toxic masculinity that was taught to me um, mm-hmm. and never really fit me anyway. And, uh, but like when, when I listen to this album, when I listen to Rick Astley, talk about his romantic aspirations mm-hmm. i feel like a fucking bully because i'm just like this beta cuck <laughs> <laughs> this like fucking chump is like the saddest like uh most passive annoying man that i've <laughs> that i've ever listened uh to ever before uh and it makes me feel bad but that's how i feel when i listen to him you just need a bit and, more of a dog uh, um yeah <laughs> but hey let's not be anti-sub here i mean yeah that's, it is it does def- definitely have like a nice boy vibe a little bit though unfortunately well because I love a sad bastard song. Like, country mm-hmm. music is full of wonderful, like, sad bastard songs. It's like a mm-hmm. rich part of the tradition. Um, and a lot of other genres as well. It's just like, you know, or R&B is full of a lot of take me back, you know, like, mm-hmm. give me one more chance, that kind of thing. And a lot of those things could be seen as pathetic or vulnerable or strategic mm-hmm. um, or pandering to some sort of... Uh, dare I say like patriarchal feminine gaze or something um, or fantasy Uh, but hot takes here like uh, you know this energy of like uh, oh I I can't stay mad at you because you love me so much there's this Mm -hmm. like performance in a lot of uh, I guess more of the R&B songs as opposed to the country songs that's like I love you so much and like, please forgive me. Um, Mm -hmm. And, uh, but it's like a little gaslighty underneath. um, And it's like, come on, you gotta love me (laughs) (laughs) underneath it. Um, Mm -hmm. But Rick Astley uh, is just really frustrating to listen to. And his album, whenever you need somebody kind of tells a story, uh, which uh, basically like the first, the first three songs are all completely identical hmm. and it's uh-huh. basically like i am not going to really give you up. I, i'm not going to give you up <laughs> uh but it's all it's all like hypothetical it's like if you 
choose me once you're done figuring out the rest of the guys and you if you deign to make your way down to me i i will be forever true and mm-hmm. it's like all of this i'll i'll it's never going to give you up it's the first three songs are all that sentiment like if you give me a chance i will not let you down and then uh it takes a turn uh <laughs> at, from track four to seven and those are all about how um this relationship is not going to work. And it's like Mm -hmm. uh, in some, some of the songs, it's like, it's the the other person's fault. And some, it's just like, ah, we're just falling apart. We're slipping away. Um, uh, And then, uh, you know, the tracks eight and nine are, Oh, everything's perfect again. And I'll never have to look for love again or put in any effort because I've, because I found the perfect person. (laughs) And then 10 is like a, you know, kind of a classic, uh, jazz, jazz pop number cover. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. And so it's, uh, it's each song. It's almost, it makes me think is, is there supposed to be a great deal of dramatic irony in the way that these tracks are laid out? Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) <laughs> like we're supposed to not take this person at their word. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't track five is it's literally called funny, "The Love Has Gone," uh, which the comes love has gone. two tracks after "Together Forever." Yeah, and then two more tracks is <laughs> "Slipping Away." Yeah, uh, I think it would be more entertaining if there w- there wasn't so much recycling between the songs, especially in the first three songs, which are. It's like they had one song basically and they're like, mm-hmm. well, we could put it in these three different, we can remix this one song into three different songs and then hopefully one of them will hit. Mm-hmm. And it worked. <laughs> Never Going to Give You Up is pretty fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a nice song that's good to listen to. I mean, I'll say that I had no idea it was so popular. I had n- literally never heard of Rick Astley or heard any of his songs until uh, people started Rickrolling me. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then I was Are like, you oh, familiar with it? Do you want to explain the history of Rickrolling? I guess so. I don't just just in case anyone listening isn't familiar with it. Yeah. Um, so it started on 4chan and uh, it. As all great things do. As all good things do, and nothing bad has ever started from or on. Um, and it it uh, it coincided with the rise of URL shorteners. So like TinyURL or Bitly or like whatever all those like services are, where you can go to the, the one of those websites and like paste in a URL and it will give you something short that importantly you can't know what it is before you click on it. Um, and of course, like, there's always been that capability with links because you can, like, have the, the link text say something and then the link that uh, you'll actually go to when you click on it is, you know, it, it, you can attach arbitrary text. So you sure, can't always a know. A hyperlink. A hyperlink, yes. Um, but if you hover over those, those links, usually it'll tell you the URL. But with the URL shortener, you're like, I have no idea what this could be. It could be anything. Um, and so people just started doing that um oftentimes they will they will choose something salacious like 
when like i don't know when the celebrity nudes were leaking people were just like oh here's the nudes from j-law or whatever and you click on it and it takes you to the music video for never going to give you up oftentimes at a specific moment i think like it where he's um dancing or something um yeah i don't know uh much of it other than that like i don't know why they chose um that um it's just like a you know bait and switch uh oh the meme grew out of a similar bait and switch trick called duck rolling that was popular on 4chan in 2006 okay (laughs) um yeah and then youtube used it as its april fool's day event in 2008 and that really uh made it super popular yeah yeah how many how many um how many plays do you think the official video has Oh, it's got to be hundreds of millions. I don't know yeah, if they to, count I'm, like every time you load it as a as a view, or if there's like a certain number of seconds you have to watch. Uh, I'm, I'm pulling it up now, so we can get a an official number. Okay, so uh, the official Rick Astley is 14 million. What is that? It. Yep. Wow. Yeah, it's it's very possible that uh it was you know back back then that it was like a not official music video that was like oh and then and then eventually it it did devolve into you know gifs or memes right instead Mm -hmm. so it wasn't necessarily the official video every time uh i think it's it is a great i think it kind of is the perfect song for that because it because of how funny the character is. He's just mm-hmm. this like British ginger. He's mm-hmm. kind of dorky looking. And he has this funny little dance mm-hmm. uh, with his and arms. And he's wearing a weird outfit. <laughs> yeah. And and the song is so like, it's so passive and so um, pathetic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, it, but it's sung with such conviction. I think mm-hmm. it's, I don't know. And it is really catchy. Hang Despite on. All of that. I, Wikipedia I says that the official Rick Astley channel uploaded a version of the video, which surpassed 1 billion views in July 2021. Interesting. Whoa. Yeah, I was going to say, well, 14 I don't, million seems I don't know so how to low. account for that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, should we talk about this album? I guess so. It's just... Jump into songs? He, I guess the main question with Rick Astley is like, would anyone be talking about him or thinking about him if Rick Rolling hadn't been invented? Like That's a great question. Yeah, I don't know how popular this song was before. Would he just be like, you know, in the same league as those other guys from Wham uh, that like nobody really thinks about or talks about anymore, though they were kind of popular back in their day? Um, uh, let's see. Um, well... Originally, the song was a worldwide number one hit, according to Wikipedia. Uh, so that's stayed at yeah. the top of the chart in the United Kingdom for five weeks. That's so much. Best-selling single for that year. So, that's, I mean, it was a huge song. Yeah. But a lot of, you know, huge stuff gets forgotten. Like, if you look up the top ten songs of, you know, the 70s, most of them are, or the I guess the 80s also. Like, most of them are stuff you've never heard of. Right. Like, let's see. Um... Let me just do a quick search. Top songs of 1980. Let's do 1988. Uh, let's see. Billboard year-end hot 100 singles of 1988. Faith, 
Need You Tonight by NXS. Got My Mind Set on You by George Harrison is number three. What? Um, okay, well, a lot of these are... Uh, okay, so here's, here's like an example of what I'm talking about. Number nine is Hands to Heaven by Breathe. Never heard of either yeah, of those. Yeah, that things. is. Yeah, <laughs> that um, song doesn't exist. Number twelve is "Wishing Well" by Terrence Trent D'Arby. Um, there's "Seasons Change" by Expose. Uh, there's a song called "Wild Wild West" by The Escape Club. Um, Interesting. Wow, it takes to number twenty-one to get to Michael Jackson with "Man in the Mirror." Whoa. Uh, and then twenty-four is "Hold On to the Nights" by Richard Marks. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Wow. Twenty-six is "Shattered Dreams" by Johnny Hates Jazz. Wow. Okay. So that yeah, there's like a lot of these ones that are just completely have disappeared. Um, although Rick Astley, "Never Gonna Give You Up," is number four. Um, yeah. Because I believe the song came out in November. Yeah. Or the album came out in November. Um, "Never Gonna Give You Up" came out in at the end of July in 1987. Okay. So it had six months to be popular in 1987, but then was still yeah, apparently I, very popular in 1988. I, I think maybe maybe something to com- you could maybe compare this song to like uh, uh, the Simple Minds song. What's that name of that song from the Breakfast Club? Don't you oh. forget about me. Maybe right. it'd be more at that level mm-hmm. if it weren't for Rick Rolling, which is still like significant. Yeah, people still like play it or like reference it or quote it, but like nobody knows the nobody knows Simple Minds and nobody knows any of their other songs. And if you asked yeah. someone to name the song and the artist, most people I think probably could not. Yeah. Yeah. I only know that it's simple minds because I think I had because to you have a transcribe mind. that song for, uh, <laughs> for my last job. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, um, yeah, I guess should we get into the song? I, <laughs> you seem excited I, <laughs> to well, talk about these songs. I'm not feeling great right now. I hope I'm not coming down with the vid. I'm not hoping Damn. I'm not going to be uh, Miss Rona Viddy. Um, like a, a okay. horror show Viddy or anything. You. Yeah. Um, y- you are the wind beneath my wings. As we talk about, never going to give you. Must have been cold there uh, in my shadow. <laughs> Y'all know it. I gotta Y'all say, like, giving giving this a closer listen, the synth bass on this track is fucking excellent. It's it so good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's so good. A really good synth bass line, and it's like the envelope uh, of the notes, the volume, the timbre, all of that stuff is great. And I think that's a big part of why this song is so catchy, because the rest of it is like. More or less unremarkable. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. you have someone doing their best job. I, it kind of sounds like a Barry White song. Oh. But a little gonna... bit more up-tempo and higher in timbre. Yeah. If not in pitch. Uh, like he's doing kind of a Roy Orbison impression almost. Sure. Yeah. Mercy. Yeah. Not not to... I mean, I think that stuff is great, but it's it's 
other than the synth bass, I think everything is kind of forgettable mm-hmm. about this song. But that synth bass is so good. I kind of can't get enough of it. I think it's really good. And I wish that it was You're never gonna give in it up. every track. Um, no, I'm never... No. Here's, a, here's an interesting uh, bit of trivia from the Wikipedia. Um, Mike Stock, who's one of the people who uh, was a songwriter and producer, said that the Colonel Abrams hit Trapped from 1985, again, totally forgotten song, uh, was a big influence on this song, saying, for Rick Astley's song, I didn't want it to sound like Kylie or Bananarama, so I looked at the Colonel Abrams track Trapped and recreated that syncopated bass line in a way that suited our song. Okay. Um, so I don't know how syncopated it is, necessarily. <laughs> um, maybe we should take a, t- take mean, a stroll down it- Spotify lane. I, I guess it, it is syncopated because it, it doesn't it doesn't really hit on beat one. I guess mm-hmm. that's true. Let's see. What Trapped. a great baseline. Here we go. Let's take a take a listen. Whoa. This kind of rules. It kind of has the high part kind of rises the What is that song? Um that's Push It by uh, Oh right. Salt and Pepper? Of course. Yeah. Push It. Um Salt and Pepper. Okay. Yeah. okay. I could yeah, let's listen to that uh sound sample again so we can listen to that baseline. Okay. Let's see if it really does skip beat 1. Yeah. yeah okay that's cool it fills the spot all the spots but its accent is is maybe a little syncopated Mm -hmm. um that reminds me of something that somebody some musician on some podcast said at one point where they're like uh yeah the thing about pop music is people don't dance to the drums they dance to the bass um yeah and i think that this is a great example of it because you're like bopping and moving and grooving and it's to the bass because the bass is funky yeah, I think I think the bass is inordinately interesting for for this song, uh, mm-hmm. and I think it being synth instead of a bass guitar mm-hmm. is a big part of it. Um, and and also, I think that there is a sort of angularity to the playing, like mm-hmm. it feels kind of not funky, and that's what makes it, it feels funky, almost baby. like quantized. Mm. And I think it's a cool effect. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, I took a sound sample of a the a part in the second verse. I, I I think people just don't really listen to the second verse very often, and it's just a little different. Mm-hmm. I think it, that's worth listening to. Yeah, uh, I just I just like that the um, it's just a slightly different form in there. Like the lines go a little bit longer, but it mm-hmm. accommodates the lyrics, and I think it works pretty well. And it feels pretty natural and not like forced. Mm-hmm. 
it's it's a it's slightly through composed mm-hmm. slightly just a hint just a sousant of through composition <laughs> um well uh I don't know if I have anything else to say about this song. Uh, and you have another if you're ready sample. to go on to the next one, oh yeah, uh, it's just the intro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead and hit that up. Those well, iconic synths. Um, well, I wanted to talk about the lyrics of Never Gonna Give You Up a little bit. Um, oh, yeah. Please. So, it reminds me of um, the, like, main, like the, one of the one of the big critiques of, like, political reporting or journalism, what passes for it in this country, is the, like, super detached way that everyone covers politics. Um, just like disembodied as if nothing is going to actually impact anyone Um, as if it doesn't really matter like but it's like oh here's the rules of the game and it's like this person's up and this person's down and like here's our analysis of how it might shake out it's like this weird game theory Um, I think the phrase that people use to refer to it is like uh, the horse race approach to covering politics and that's basically huh. the stance that this song takes to a romantic relationship. Um, I mean, <laughs> he as much comes out and says it in verse two. We've known each other for so long. Your heart's been aching, but you're too shy to say it. Inside, we both know what's been going on. We know the game and we're going to play it. Um, and then ver- verse one, of course, starts with, we're no strangers to love. You know the rules and so do I. Um, so, yeah, it's like this weird, like, detached... Um, approach in a song that is supposedly like very like devoted and very personal um right that is a little strange yeah Uh, it's a weird combo it's like coy and aloof in the verses Mm -hmm. and utterly uh devoted in the choruses Mm -hmm. yeah so that's what i was thinking of with the lyrics but that's the only thoughts i had on that um, whenever you need somebody. Yeah. Here we go. Same song. I swear those synth strings are like almost copied and pasted from Never Gonna Give You Up. Yeah, if you listen to the intro, I believe it's the same part as the chorus, uh, but without the lyrics. So g- play that sound sample, okay. and we'll we'll take a listen to that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's the same progression. Mm-hmm. The, the only thing that's different about it is that technically, I think the verse and the chorus are in different keys in the song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it feels recontextualized, but it's the same. Do da, ba, 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 ba. It's, it's just that same exact thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the melody is slightly different. But yeah, it's definitely just copied and pasted. Mm-hmm. Uh, the strings are like also pretty disco y. 
um which i appreciate yeah. i like that a lot yeah um, which i mean there by this point there had been like uh, quite a lot of disco backlash um so it's really fun to hear like a pretty indelible and unmistakable imprint of disco on pop music in the late 80s um yeah so i appreciated that uh this chorus is sad whenever you need somebody i'll bring my love to you you don't have to say you love me i just want to be with you Mm -hmm. like it in in a vacuum that could be maybe really sweet or in a different context but in this one it's like uh i i don't know when i hear a guy say like yeah you don't need to be demonstrative i'm like how Mm. long are you gonna (laughs) hold up that promise (laughs) i don't know (laughs) yeah it's i mean it's it's such a nice guy approach it's i mean verse one is i've been stood up and messed around and taken for a fool but next time around i'm gonna change the rules uh (laughs) this is the opening to a manifesto of someone who uh (laughs) is going to do something very violent um and I don't care about things that people say. It's you I think about each and every day. It's much too late for you to change your ways. I can't keep holding on expecting you to stay when you're all alone. And if you're feeling down, call me. I'll be around. Yeah, he's saying I'm not going to be messed around, but I but I choose you and I acknowledge that you will be messing around on me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> yeah. Well, um <clears throat> Should we should we be together forever? I guess so. Yeah, I don't think there's much else in this song. These songs are all the same. They're all the same. So these, these first three. So let's be together forever. Basically the same chorus. Um, so he's never, never gonna, gonna give, give you, up. you up never gonna let you down <laughs> it's basically the same chord progression it's pretty ballsy move to not only like write extremely samey lyrics but also <laughs> set them to pretty much the exact same music uh, yeah i think the melody is pretty distinct mm-hmm. all, all things considered and i think i like this melody the most mm-hmm. uh be together forever with you it's a cool melody um, i like it yeah and it's kind of like syncopated in kind of a cute way as opposed to a funky way mm-hmm. uh yeah and and there's also it's accented with these little glockenspiel hits that i think amplifies the cuteness i kind of mm-hmm. i'm kind of into this this one mm-hmm. but yeah it is the exact same chord progression mm-hmm. <laughs> i was never going to give you up <laughs> And, and rhythm, not just the harmony, but the the harmonic rhythm is the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would never want to see you frown. Always do what's best for you. <laughs> uh, don't frown ever. I'm never gonna let you down. Well, um, should we should we go to the part of the album where it takes a turn? Yes, it would take a strong, strong man. It would take a strong, strong man. The only love I ever knew Every time I think of you My heart starts aching My hands keep shaking And you know, you know, you know It would take a strong, strong man 
This is the first musically distinctive song because mm-hmm. uh, it feels like a Grease, like a throwback 50s mm-hmm. kind of song. Yeah, it so totally does. I think that's interesting. When did Grease come out? Like the movie? The seven? I want to say like 75? 78. Damn. Okay, 78. Yeah, you're pretty close. Yeah. Eh, within three years. Uh, so I I think it's kind of fun in that way and it's it's nice to hear a different chord progression mm-hmm. it has that that classic trope of do 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 but not the james bond it's mm-hmm. contextualized differently mm-hmm. it just sounded like james bond when i sang it <laughs> um but uh yeah this uh this is a song about maybe needing to break up with somebody mm-hmm uh, and it doesn't say why until the second verse. It's just like, uh-oh, trouble in paradise. And then the second verse says, my heart's been flirting when I see you flirting every night out on the floor. <laughs> so mm-hmm. uh, apparently this person is uh, either being very insensitive uh, to um, to the, the speaker's... Uh, the speaker's feelings uh, mm-hmm. in openly flirting with people or maybe the speaker is being overly sensitive or controlling possessive or like possessive yeah maybe not actually obviously th- this character would never control anyone <laughs> <laughs> never gonna control uh, you even if they uh, wanted to never gonna yeah. i do i do i do uh, love the little like pairing of never gonna give you up never gonna let you down that's that's like a cute little sorry this is going way back to the first song, up and down up and down <laughs> That's that's a fun yeah, little like detail point. that they throw in there. But I've always appreciated yeah. that about that song. But, uh. Oh, by the way, most of these songs are not written by Rick Astley. He gets a couple writing credits towards the end of the album, right. and they're, they're definitely the messiest songs. Yeah, N- most of them are by Saw, which is uh, Saw Stock Aikman Waterman. Uh, three different dudes um who are production who, who voltron team. into yeah. one super <laughs> songwriter dude mm-hmm. they're oh during 1984 to 1989 their musical style was labeled eurobeat oh okay wow there's like oh wow there's a section of the wikipedia called the assembly line um oh they did uh you spin me around like a record by dead or alive Oh, interesting. They did a Kylie Minogue song that was a UK number one hit. Whoa, Together Forever was a uh, number one hit in the US, apparently. Um, I've been trying to find like a good quote from the movie Saw, from the character Jigsaw. Do you want to play uh, a game? There it is. That's the one. I haven't (laughs) even seen the movie and I know that one. Come on. Yeah, I, cu- I couldn't think of one. I, and I looked up this, like, listicle of Saw quotes, and they're all just really <laughs> stupid. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, they don't really hit out of, out of context. Um, okay, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, so it turns out that even though Rick doesn't mind this woman, like, exploring her options... Uh, or says that he doesn't mind um, and that he has this sort of settling permissive settling energy uh, when he's actually put, when he actually has that put to the test, mm-hmm. uh, he doesn't particularly like it, but at least in this song, he's not really, he's not ready to end things yet mm-hmm. because, uh, because it would take a strong, strong man. And as he is, 
established in the first three songs he is mm-hmm. not a strong strong man he's not a strong strong man no <laughs> no uh should we talk about the love is gone yes we should talk about the love has gone first rick astley uh ryan credit and i can't go This one feels the most modern to me. Oh, like musically or lyrically? What do you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like the mo- it feels more simple minds and less R and B throwback. Mm-hmm. I think it's pretty, pretty catchy. Mm-hmm. I like the dong digga digga It has like the little <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog synths. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I think this one's pretty fun. And you know, there's something really funny. The uh, written. They're written by, in the genius lyrics, Rick Astley and Dick Spatsley. <laughs> I think that's cute. Uh, yeah. Astley and Spatsley. Apparently, there was like some magazine that insisted on calling Rick Astley Dick Spatsley or something. Um, oh, so it's just the same person? Yeah. So this is. is just someone being cute on the, on the genius. Is. Yeah, it is. Um, oh, apparently, that's great. Can I Pyong that? Um, apparently this is this is something that I appreciate about Rick Astley is he seems to be a, an extremely good sport um, about well. like so much of stuff like a magazine just consistently calling him Dick Spastley he's just like huh yeah it doesn't bother me I guess it's funny <laughs> like he he's never he's never like seems all that amused or like necessarily in on the joke but he's just kind of like yeah that's oh, whatever and that's his whole approach to like the Rick rolling um, which I think is probably the right approach for Rick Rowling because if he like made it his whole yeah. thing that would have been like pretty cringy I think um, yeah um, I'm trying to change the writing credits on this song to also include um, uh, the other songwriter that's not listed here which is Brick Nastly um, <laughs> but uh genius won't actually let me do that and i'm Those a little bastards. mad <laughs> how dare they and prick ghastly of course oh, spooky <laughs> um if you open your eyes baby then you'll realize that you're wrong and i can't go on you know I can't go on. Yeah, you know I can't go <laughs> Mostly on. Mostly you'll realize that I can't go on. <laughs> Don't do this to me. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, there's some very the confused, like, chronology in this song. Um, wake up beside you and hear you breathing, and I can feel you in my arms. No one can know just how I'm feeling, knowing that our love can come to no harm. I guess that's, maybe that's a dream? It doesn't make it clear. Um no. Yeah, because later he says, what have I done, girl, to make you leave me? Didn't I love you for all those years? Um, <laughs> yeah, there's some, like, really awkward, just, like, sentence-level stuff going on. Nothing will ever come between us if you'll just take me back once more. Like, the whole thing is about how they've broken up and she's gone. And then he's like, nothing will ever come between us. Uh, if. If. <laughs> if you uh, undo this thing that has come between us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> If you just get rid of this one thing that, that came between us, then nothing will ever come between us. 
And uh, we've all been the friend or had a friend who has processed a breakup who has said like, yeah, the only issue with the the only issue with the with the with our relationship was that the other person didn't want to be in it. <laughs> Don't they see? <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> it's like yeah, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> <laughs> that seems to have been the biggest issue. It seems to have been a problem. Um, yeah. yeah. Would, wouldn't that be nice if they could see that and they, they came to a similar conclusion and that they did want that to change? <laughs> wouldn't that be nice for you? Wouldn't it um, be nice? By the Beastie Boys, I think, is who it was. <laughs> uh, I'm ready to move on. Pretty close. Okay. Uh, just blowing, th- blowing through these songs. Blowing right through nap time. Uh, don't say goodbye. Another saw joint. Yes, I do. I like the like twinkly ding 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 a ding mm-hmm. twinkle twinkle. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that stuff's cute. Mm-hmm. Um, um, you know what the most boring lyric I've ever uh, read or heard in a song is it's in this song and it's we just grew apart no one is to blame Ah. (laughs) (laughs) it's so bored (laughs) Mm, we could go along saying things are fine but we're just fooling ourselves maybe we should talk it out right now and put things on the line hey uh maybe we should consider talking to each other that's that's a good uh thing to have in a song (laughs) yeah it really seems like in this song they haven't been just constantly talking he hasn't been like just constantly trying to talk just haranguing her <laughs> things through endlessly yeah may- maybe the issue is that you're not listening when you've been talking yeah <laughs> is that <laughs> um, is that you have been talking and she's saying goodbye but he says don't say goodbye so it doesn't sound like she's listening to him if he's saying don't get to say goodbye and she's and she says yeah. goodbye th- she's not listening to him she needs to listen to him too it's a two-way street yeah, consent is important, which means never do something that I don't like. <laughs> That's exactly what that means. Except never do something that I don't like is the important difference. Yeah, I, Rick Rastley. <laughs> Rick Rastley. <laughs> Rick Rastley. Rick Rastley. Mick Ratspeak. I can't even think of a funny um, replacement name. Um, uh, well... Yeah. Starting, or I'm starting to slip away, so maybe we should move Cameron, on. Cameron, I think time has made us strangers. That's sort of how I'm feeling right now. No, that that that's a lyric in the song we just covered. Oh. <laughs> I'm trying to move us along. <laughs> oh, I see. Okay. <laughs> to the song Slipping Away. I feel like you're slipping away. You say I feel like you I'm slipping away. That's not true. So here's something I've been thinking about for uh, um, um, slick spastically. Um, how much of his voice do you think is like affected? Like how much of it is a put on? You know, do you know what I mean? Oh, do could you find some like an interview? Uh, 
Oh, I guess I could. Voice. Well, he, here's something. Uh, maybe we can get into like t- uh, a little bit of actual <laughs> content about talking about the nature of music or something in uh, mm-hmm. in this episode instead of just um, shitting on 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 poor Rick, uh, poor Richard. Mm. Um, he had a good almanac, but, uh, though. Yeah, he sure did. <laughs> uh, this uh what was i actually gonna say oh yeah yeah uh the voice is an instrument and i think that it's interesting when people talk about yeah when people talk about affectations like oh does your voice actually sound like that it's like yeah it does if you sing like that um oh i feel like i do well i mean i think any any time we talk about the way that someone sings uh there's Mm. this assumption that um it is a measure of their authenticity, but I don't think that people apply mm-hmm. that same authenticity to like a saxophonist, for instance, you know, no one's going to be like, you're just trying to sound like fucking Dizzy Gillespie. Is that, is that a saxophonist? I don't actually know. <laughs> um, it's like, yeah, I am. I, I, yeah. So like, I think the times when those, when, when those, um, authenticity questions are maybe the most valid for vocals or when it intersects with like racial and ethnic identity. Um, Mm -hmm. And at times to me, it does sound like he is trying to affect a, he's not, he's trying to sing in a, it's yeah. It's like, are you trying to sing in a style or are you putting on some sort of blackface? I don't, I think it's really hard to say because it's like the style is like, r&b and like black music as is most pop music so it's like really hard to like i i Mm -hmm. can't speak to that i i don't have a take there but um i think his voice is pretty great most of the time i think it sounds pretty good Mm -hmm. there's this sort of like effortful um projection of a baritone register Mm -hmm. that i think he he I think he sounds pretty good. But all that being said, did you find uh, audio of an interview? Yeah, here's one from 1987. So the year that this uh, this album came out. Wow, he sounds different. <laughs> he sounds so thin. Pop spot. Okay, well, it's super boring, but that's how he sounds, I guess. Yeah. So, I mean, that's another thing to talk about is just like... How boring he is? He doesn't sound British, I think, when he's when he's singing. Uh, yeah, I think that's right to me. That sounds right. Yeah, he and but I think that's like a pretty precedented thing, which is like, oh, if you're going to sing in a particular style, you're not going to like... You're, you're going to like try to change the way you deliver your lyrics, uh, the way you pronounce your words. But it's like, is that singing in a style or is that affecting your accent affecting uh, your accent let's I, um let's ask eminem because um, he he seems to know <laughs> what's up and has never accidentally just did done a weird accent for no reason um <laughs> see our eminem season for uh, our coverage of that extremely weird album um yeah it's it's so funny how like so many british people really tried to sing like Americans, especially if they're copying like blues or R and B or, um, rock and roll musicians from America. Uh, and then there's like this whole subculture of Americans trying to sing like British, like, especially in like pop punk or like some of the punk, um, scenes. 
Right. Um, yeah, it was like a lot of trying to sound like a British punk band. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think all that stuff's interesting. Um, the the confluence of like ethnic identity or cult, like national identity and uh, and genre. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, he definitely doesn't, you know, it's like people, there are people like, you know, like for instance, basically friend of the show at this point, uh, John Darnell from the mm-hmm. mountain goats, I think his speaking voice and his singing voice are very similar. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that if I actually heard John Darnell like get violently angry with me, uh, in real life, he would probably sound like how he sings. <laughs> He would like probably just start mad. singing, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> he, he would be, he would get so angry. He would sing you a song. Yeah. That's or how like, he rolls. Um, I don't know. Sufjan Stevens. Uh, he talks the same way that he sings. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, I don't know. I think s- some of the best singers, like, you know, they're using their, their voice as an instrument and they're, they're making different decisions than they would when they're speaking because they're Mm -hmm. doing something different so yeah so basically what you're trying to say is i'm a dummy who have should never ask that question and uh shut up is what i'm getting from you no i think it's i I think it's an interesting question myself cameron okay i guess i'll just give you that I don't know what this the, bit is I'm doing. I, I guess the the thing the, the thing that I want to subvert specifically or or challenge is this idea that that's that singing is cl- is a closer measure of authenticity or personhood or like that than um, different musical expressions because it's like it's all coming from your body one way or the other and um i think people like to fetishize the voice as an extension of of a person in a way that they don't they don't give that sort of personhood to like uh instrumentalists as Mm -hmm. often and i think that's kind of a shame and also it's a way to kind of and often in a way that intersects with sexism uh people want to not uh attribute uh work and training um, to, I think, especially female vocalists. Mm, interesting. And it's yeah. like, well, you're just born this way. You're just hot. It's like, it, mm. you know, and it's like, you know, this has nothing to do with anything that you've chosen. This is just who you are, you know? Right. It's like, no, good vocalists, maybe they have some sort of innate, like, legs up in what they're exposed to early in their life, but, like, they work hard to get where they are. Yeah, most of the time, I definitely think know? there's something to be said for that. I think there's also like conversations to have about like persona and what kind of persona the singer might be putting on, um, because that is so intimately tied to the voice. And you know, when people speak on like a podcast or as an actor, you know, like th- I think I think you can put on a voice as an actor and it sounds authentic, even if it's not your natural speaking voice. Um, yeah. So it, it's like technically affected, but it it can you know part of the actor's craft is making it sound natural. Um, so I guess what I was like trying to get at a little bit is how how natural do you feel like Rick Astley is um, coming across as in his persona? I guess right. I mean, maybe not. I think I think he does what he does well, but after listening to his interview voice, it's like, this is very different from how you speak. Right. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. Anywho, um, I've, Anywho, I've decided to swear an oath. No more looking for love. Put my arms around you, baby. I'm so glad I found you. There ain't nothing I can do now that I'm in love with you. No more looking for love now that I'm in love with you. No, there's no more looking for love. Solo writing credit to Rick Astley. Mm-hmm. And it's got some uh, extremely advanced and well-written lyrics, like, no more looking for love now that I'm in love with you. No, there's no more looking for love. Now I've found a love that's true. Yep. Yep. Uh, I've been thinking about the way you looked last night. <laughs> <laughs> totally natural thing to say, and definitely not something a serial killer would say to you <laughs> when you're chained up in their basement. Uh yeah um felt the heat of pure desire there ain't nothing i can do the okay there is this a transcription error there ain't nothing i can do now that i'm in love with you i guess he's saying like i'm helpless yeah but it, it uh, seems defeatist yeah or i mean he doesn't it make it sound negative. good <laughs> no doesn't sound great the way you're talking about it ricky um here's some strongly written lyrics i'm so glad that love has come around i'm so thankful for the love i found the love just kind of came around yeah just kind of showed up one day from and he was like oh okay whatever uh yeah oh and also like apparently he he says i've been hoping you would say you're coming home is this the same person from earlier Mm-hmm. Like, is this, yeah, I don't know. Maybe this maybe, is what he's talking about when he's talking about forever love. He's like, in the grand scheme of things, I won't give you up because we're, we'll be on and off again forever. Or maybe this is another incel song where he's like, once you finally realize that I'm a nice guy and you um, are finished with all the um, dudes that you actually like, uh, you would yeah. say you're coming home and I'll put my arms around you and we'll be together forever. Yeah, and there will definitely never be any sort of uh, negative consequences for my general feeling of disrespect <laughs> that I feel for you. <laughs> for the way that you've uh, conducted yourself before get, making your way to me. <laughs> that'll never turn its head and bite you. <laughs> no, that'll never come up again. Um, uh we should just finish it out we're i mean we only have yeah, two more songs every song it. this yeah, is like a 30 30 minute album yeah it's nice and short i do love that about it you move me just like a hawk and then it says we must talk move me from side to side you move me Uh, another Rick Astley joint, mm-hmm. just written by him. Um, uh, this song I, is pretty confusing. It's it's baffling. like he's talking about losing his job and getting. Uh, is he? Did he get broken up with in this song? Whoa! The the genius no. has a very fun little annotation on the side from Mike Intosh thinks occasionally, who's editorializing a lot saying you move me is a lyrically uninspired b-side par for the course for b-sides about a man who loses his job during the verses and talks about how emotionally moving his girlfriend is in the chorus however while other b-sides are 
all around boring and lazy, You Move Me actually has a killer backing track hidden underneath the disconnected lyrics with unconventional shuffling drum programming and entrancing synth sounds. There you go. I mean... I can't necessarily disagree. Yep. Yeah. Is it literally a B-side? Uh, I agree with most of those things. Uh, I'm going to Pyong this. I mean, I guess it was on the B-side of the album. In that sense, it's a B-side, I guess. But typically, when you say B-side, that's like the B-side of a single, and it's not released on an album. So... Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. Huh. I, I wouldn't I didn't know that. A, uh, wouldn't call it a B-side, personally, but whatever. You do you, Mike. Intosh um, thinks occasionally. I took a sound sample where there's... I think it's kind of a time signature reveal because um, not all the instruments are in and it's unclear what time signature you're in, I thought, when I first listened to Mm. it. So I think Mm -hmm. I took from before the whole band comes in and then after that band comes in, in this one sound sample. Okay. Here we go. Is that better? Yeah. Yeah, that is uh, that is pretty cool to like have the yeah, connected sort of like abstract little ding dong um, synth bells. Yeah, uh, I think it's not clear until the drums come in that it's it's it refers to it in the genius lyric as like a shuffling drum mm-hmm. programming. Uh, it's sort of like a twelve eight, you know, like that kind of feel. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh yeah i think it's i think it's nice uh a nice moment a musically clever moment i like it uh well should we do the last last track yeah this is a cover right mm-hmm this is written by edward hayman edward hayman and victor young <laughs> hey man all right um here we go apparently it's the theme from one minute to zero. Oh, okay of the sun when I give my heart it will be completely or I'll never give my heart so that's a very different persona for um old ricky boy to put on he um he sounds like uh what's his face uh bing crosby is that who i'm thinking of yeah yeah it's pretty good singing mm-hmm. uh, uh it's kind of another generic i mean i don't know there's some good like little moments here um in a restless it's definitely world, like the mission statement of the album yeah in a restless world like this is love has ended before it's begun and too many moonlight kisses seem to cool in the warmth of the sun that's some that's some interesting imagery i like that yeah this is better songwriting yes (laughs) yeah the rest of the this album is pretty prosaic yes exactly yeah i don't think i don't think there's been like almost any imagery throughout the album unless you count like oh, I wake up and you're not next to me or whatever. Like, if you consider that an image, I guess. But, yeah. The, like, interplay of cold and hot and whatnot. 
Yeah. That's pretty hot to me. Yeah, the the songwriter in this, like, I actually want, you know, I actually care about them wanting some sort of love that is more permanent or stable or secure. Uh, and the rest of the song, the rest of this album is, like, uh, kind of ir- irritating <laughs> <laughs> and low effort. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, I guess verdict is rightfully forgotten except for the rick rolling thing yep <laughs> well this has been a fun season yeah uh, i really enjoyed it's nice it. to yeah to visit some of these artists and to know a little more about them but not know too much about them not too much we wouldn't want to go too far yeah. let sleeping dogs lie as they can say. you imagine how depressed we'd get if we did a whole season on rick astley we would get oh my God. so bored. He has a lot of albums. And so too. discouraged. Too many. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so what are we what are we doing next week? Well, I kinda I kinda feel like it makes sense to go right into a full season because this yeah. almost has felt like a palate cleanser season. Uh, Oops, all palate cleanser. Yeah. Um should we should we just jump into the chicks? Sure. I'm down. I feel like I feel like whenever we're like aimless or whenever we're like where do we go next we need to go back to country music to country pop music and i feel like there's so much to chew on there yeah and we can talk about um especially with just the chicks yeah there's just such a clear intention in in lyrics in in country music and i feel like that there's always something to talk about there Mm -hmm. and i think there's just going to be some awesome instrumental stuff yeah because they're like pretty good instrumentalists from what i understand right yeah um, and well, having an instrumentalist who more than just like strums a guitar pretty lazily is, uh, I don't know, f- uh, fairly good by a-, a lot of country pop standards, I think. Um, yeah. Cause like Garth, he like strums a guitar, but you know, it's, it's not, you know, he has a perfunctory advanced. guitar he has a perfunctory on, on guitar. his body. And I mean, to his credit, he will hand it out to a audience member who is dying from cancer or his beating cancer or whatever the case was, um, which was shared on it's our like, discord a while back. It's like, Oh, this guitar has, uh, has the sweat of Garth Brooks on it. Not from the effort of playing just, just from just being on stage, being a hot, sweaty man. <laughs> Those stage lights, they're hot. They are. Yep. Well, all right. Well, I'm tired and, God, yeah, clearly. Go to, well, no, I, you're supposed to say I couldn't even tell, Nathan. You're so funny and so on point. <laughs> you did great. So interesting. No, <laughs> bringing that heat. <laughs> uh, sorry, everybody. We'll be back and we'll be have more energy next week with the chicks, um, formerly the Dixie Chicks. Um, until that time, you can visit us online at boxset.website, email us at email at boxset.website, tweet us at Topias Podcast. Um, you can support us in a couple ways. You can write us a review on the Apple Podcasts with those stars and those words. And you can support us even more directly by going to our Patreon at support.boxset.website. Um, you can also get on our Discord, which I just mentioned. The link will be in the show notes. Um, and the other thing you should do while I'm telling you all the stuff to do, listen to Cameron's other podcast, Get Up in the Cool. They just released their 300th episode. That's 300. higher than I can count on most days. And to celebrate, they and released... And I would record 300 <laughs> pods, and I would record 300 more. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. 
Okay. Um, and to celebrate, they released a very special episode with Bruce Malski, who is not exactly a household name. And those of you who have not, you know, gotten into traditional or acoustic musics uh, probably don't recognize that name. But it's a big, big deal. Trust me when yeah. I tell you. So <laughs> everyone go check that out. Um, it's Again, yeah. it's called Get Up in the Cool. I think the link will be in the show notes. Um, it rules. All right. Well, until next week, I've been Nathan Hunt, and I've got the top pop spot. And I've been Cameron Dewitt, and Nathan needs to calm down. <laughs> Yeah, because I'm pan. It says I'm pan pan center in here, so like I don't know what the I don't know I mean, what the deal is. I knew that about your orientation. I just didn't know that about your politics. All right, and I'm disappointed, Cameron. All right. <laughs> 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 Jokes. Oh no! If you can call him that.